Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett at CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. We want citizens to understand that they're not losers, but that their behavior is rewarded. We've got that story, plus all those weird food fires. But first, Baluchistan Liberation Army claims Karachi attack and... First woman suicide bomber, grabbing this from HindustanTimes.com, the Baluchistan Liberation Army, BLA, claimed responsibility for a suicide attack at Karachi University that killed four, including three Chinese nationals. The BLA is a militant group that operates mainly in the rest of Baluchistan province that's previously targeted Chinese citizens and interests. The BLA said the attack was carried out by a woman suicide bomber. The group's statement that followed the attack identified her as Sherry Balak or Bramsh, saying she was the group's first female bomber. The BLA has targeted Chinese nationals in attacks in the past. This is the first major attack on Chinese nationals in Pakistan since way back in last July, in the bombing of a bus at Dasu in the northwest that killed nine Chinese nationals. What's the story with this? Thousands of Chinese workers are living and working in Pakistan, with most of them involved in Beijing's multi-billion dollar project known as One Belt, One Road, which is to connect the South and Central Asia with the Chinese capital. A key road linking Pakistan's southern port of Gwadar in southwestern Baluchistan province with China's northwest Xinjiang province in what is known as the China-Pakistan economic border. James, I think at first I didn't really know maybe why we were talking about this story. Unfortunately, it seems kind of like a mundane suicide bomber story, which kind of sounds awful in and of itself to say. This may surprise you, but this isn't exactly rocking all the headlines here in America, as we, of course, only alert to what our pocket TVs tell Then I got to the part about the Belt and Road Project, and I knew why we were covering it again, James. All right. Well, you raise an interesting point, and I uh, I want everyone in the crowd to sort of cogitate on that, that feeling that you get when there's a story from halfway around the world that why am I like, okay, it's important, I guess, for them, but why am I looking at it? Because I often feel that as a Canadian in Japan, who obviously a lot of our audience is in America, and they want me to comment on sort of the latest news in the United States. And sometimes I'm thinking, well, I, why do I care about this story? So I think we all experience that. But uh, on that note, in this story, as you say, I think there's a bigger geopolitical context to this that's extremely important. And that context involves something that I was covering on uh, my show about a decade ago. In fact, almost exactly 10 years ago, April 24, 2012, Spotlight Baluchistan, Minerals, Pipelines, and Terrorists in the Imperial Great Game, which specifically was looking at uh, the weird phenomenon of these U.S. politicians and others who all seem to be getting on board the Balochi independence movement and hey we support Balochistan there's congressman Dana Rohrbacher penning an op-ed in the pages of the Washington Post why I support Balochistan what's going on here oh I see not only are there actual mineral resources in the region that uh, that's always always part of the uh, the imperial calculations but more to the point there's a this is the Balochi region lies in a strategic log, logistical corridor uh, connecting the port of Gwadar to China's Xinjiang province Xinjiang should also ring bells because of course people know about the Uyghurs and the threat of Muslim terrorism there in China well here's Muslim terrorism on its doorstep and yes the Balochi Liberation Army the BLA is specifically targeting Chinese 
And because of their cooperation in the China-Pakistan economic corridor, the, the part of the Belt and Road Initiative, um, there's a much bigger geopolitical game taking place here. And as I go on to state in that Spotlight Baluchistan report, uh, the... Uh, there's a long history of this going back to at least 2007 when you had ABC News and the London Telegraph and the New Yorker and other outlets reporting on the CIA being involved in recruiting and and fostering and funding and helping and aiding Jundala Sunni terrorists in the region that they were presumably at that time using as proxy agents in the proxy war against Shiite Iran. Um, which was contradicted by later reporting from foreignpolicy.com, who came out to say, no, 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 guys, it's not CIA agents. It's Israeli Mossad dressing up as CIA agents. <laughs> Get it straight, guys. Um, so that's that's part of that story. But then that was correct. the record was further corrected in 2011 when it was announced that the CIA, in fact, was recruiting um, terrorists in the region. Um, and there was a heavy recruitment drive, $500 per fighter, blah, blah, blah. There was a whole uh, report that came out about it and the details of that operation. Again, previously, that operation seemed more aimed at Iran, but given the increasing importance of that logistical corridor connecting China to the port of Gwadar, it became more about the Chinese proxy war that's clearly being fought here. So there's a lot of history to this. I have covered it before. I hope people will get up to speed on that because this is an important part of that broader Belt and Road Initiative and the proxy wars that are taking place as a result of it. And I I guess I have to say this every single time. This is not to denigrate the actual Balochi people and whatever independence movement they actually have. But it is to say, when that when that national liberation movement is being trumpeted by congressmen, U.S. congressmen and others, you know, there may be something more going on here, right, guys? There might be something. So on that note, um, South, uh, South China Morning Post just had this post up. Be wary of foreign interference, China warns Central Asia, talking about a tour of uh, the Central Asian region, specifically some meetings with uh, Kazakh counterparts by the Chinese defense minister, Wei Fing Hei, um, talking about color revolutions and outside powers coming in to gin things up, etc. So this is clearly a part of the broader proxy war. But it just goes on and on and on in terms of really big developments with regard to not the big fireworks that everyone's concentrating on in Ukraine, but the real end target of this, which is not Russia, it is China. And there's a lot happening on that front. Um, China and Solomon Islands signed security deal ahead of U.S. visit. There's some major things happening in the Solomon Islands right now with regards to a potential Chinese military presence, maybe a base that may be formed there, and U.S. is trying to go in and get them out of it. Australia is calling this a major national security threat now. Um, you have other things obviously happening in China right now, like Shanghai and the craziness that is going on there and continues to go down uh, in that uh, area. And of course, that plays into the digital surveillance technocratic slave state that is the Chinese communist, really technocratic system. Um, so, for example, China censors scrub viral Shanghai lockdown video from online platforms, talking about the Voices of April video, which I will throw in a link to the uh, English translation of that. Um, just putting together various audio snippets of different things from different um, uh, public hearings and other things that have taken place over the course of the lockdown of the past month, the absolutely incredible lockdown that's gone on there. And then I know you'll like this one, so I'll just throw it in there. Um, from The Guardian recently, Taiwan News Channel accidentally airs false report of Chinese invasion. So kind of a 
kind of a War of the Worlds thing. Hey, we have this, we're just testing the system, and we have this fake report of a fake Chinese invasion. Oops, it aired. <laughs> hey, guys, don't worry, guys, that wasn't real. No, they, they're not really invading. So that's a crazy story that just happened recently. But as I say, there are fireworks happening in the Asia-Pacific region and around China right now, and I hope people are keeping their eyes on it because, yeah, it what some terror suicide bombing halfway around the world, it, it does have larger geopolitical ramifications. I knew Baluchistan originally with the U and not the O now. James, I, I think it's it's pronounced Kiev now. <laughs> and that's, again, yeah. that's the magic media wand. They can wave the magic wand, the holy wood, and you'll start to say words differently. Uh, and that's, that's what I was getting at earlier. Oh, sorry, the current thing, Karens and Neils, will not be applauding for the people locked down in Shanghai because their slave devices haven't informed in, instructed them to do so. I was also going to mention there is, James, there's a BLA, which just makes you think of Patty Hearst and the super believable terror groups and kidnappings of the 70s. There is a Wikipedia entry for the Baluchistan Liberation Army. It is a giant hot mess you might want to take a look at. This article has multiple issues, the Wikipedia gods say. But speaking of social credit, just right into our second story this week on the triumphant return of New World Next Week. This is episode 482, and we take it from the excellent ReclaimTheNet.org. Italian city of Bologna introduces social credit style system. The Italian city of Bologna set to launch a social credit score style system dubbed the Smart Citizen Wallet. James, does the word wallet, does that, does that modify citizen or is it wallet? I think we know who's smart in this scenario. Participating in the program is voluntary, but you get a donut. According to Corriere di Bologna, there is the original Italian report that's linked up in all of this. Users of the smart citizen wallet will receive digital points for virtuous behavior like recycling. The points can be used for purchases and discounts. The citizen will get rewards if he recycles, if he uses public transport, if he manages energy consumption well, if he does not receive sanctions from the municipal authority, if he actively uses the culture card. So said Councillor Massimo Bugani. Bologna's social credit score will differ from most favored nation China in two ways. It's voluntary, dude. No one's forcing you to do it. And people will not be penalized for bad behavior. They hope that by treating the program like a rewards card, adoption will increase. Where have I heard that recently? Obviously, no one will be forced to participate, and whoever wants to give consent can download and use a special application, but I believe there will be many to join. We want citizens to understand that they are not losers, but that their behavior is rewarded. The success of the Bologna Social Credit Score program could have a significant impact on Italy and the EU, and if the government likes the results, the scheme could be broadened. Could be, but who knows, though, right, James? <laughs> yeah, we're, you know, Maybe. we're just thinking about it. I don't know. We'll just see how it goes, right? <laughs> yeah, we know. We know what this is. We know where it is going. We don't need to speculate about it. We can just look to the technocratic overlords in China and see how this plays out. It is only a question. It is only a question of how they get the vast majority of the public to acquiesce to it. You don't even have to be in support of it. Just will you go along with a system that does this? And let's just start it out. Oh, it's voluntary, guys. We're just... 
you know, we'll just see how it goes. We're just rewarding good behavior. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just carrots, right? And do not pretend like this is the first time this idea has ever been floated in the free democratic Western world. Uh, July 16th, 2017, CorbettReport.com. Points for good behavior. Canadian government introduces the creepiest app ever. Talking about the Carrot Rewards app, which you'll probably remember. Carrot, like carrot and stick. I wonder when the stick app will come along. But anyway, you'll remember the carrot app was being supported by the Ontario government. Millions of dollars. They were giving bonuses that could be redeemed at Canadian Tire and other things. If you did such things as, you know, spend $15 or more in the fresh produce aisle. Or go for a run instead of driving to work. Or take your flu shot quiz. And if you pass the quiz, you get 125 points. Yay! And... Oh, I wonder how that can be operationalized for the biosecurity era. Did you get your uh, COVID shot? Did you get your booster? Did you get your 15th booster? You get 58 more points if you get your 15th booster. Yeah, we know. We know what this is, where it's going, how it's being done. And here it comes in Italy. It's rolling out to your neck of the woods, wherever you happen to be. So um, anyway, I, I would hope our audience sees through this, but... Will the vast majority of people? And at, unfortunately, as the economic crisis that is being generated right now on the back of all sorts of events, maybe we'll cover some of them later in this episode, um, but the economic crisis, as it deepens and worsens and inflation gets worse and unemployment rises and we plunge off the economic abyss, more and more people will find, hey, you know, I really do need those points from my little reward app to make ends meet. And the UBI, and whatever else. It is just digital slave training. We know what it is. We know what it looks like. It is the Chinese technocratic model that is being used everywhere in the world because they are all operating from the same plan. It is a war against you. I hope you understand that. And I'm not talking to you, James. I'm talking to the audience, obviously. I think our audience does understand that, but I'm afraid a lot of people don't. And that fresh produce you mentioned, of course, is not organic and is sprayed with tons of pesticides because that's who's forcing all this. It's all kind of part and parcel. James, I was talking to a buddy the other day and about how hard this work used to be in a way that we do. Not to say it's easy by any stretch of the imagination, but we used to have to just yell at people to try and pay attention to any of this. Now, hey, guess what? Pre pretty obvious. Don't have to yell about it. Don't have to shove it into people's faces. You've got to be blind to not notice what's been going on. So in some ways, that has, that's made it easier. I mean, like all the work and the documentaries and the shows, everything that we used to publish was a, was a giant important thing. I think it still is that way, but it's just it's gotten, it's gotten pretty, pretty interesting. Um, having said that, Third and final story on this New World Next Week, episode 482, Fire Destroys Azure Standard Headquarter Facility. We grabbed this just from the regional Pacific Northwest, ColumbiaGorgeNews.com. And again, every single thing we say is always down in the show notes. If you don't think you can hand these crazy broadcasts off to your friends and family, just give them some of the show notes. This goes back, James, to the previous week. Last week in Dufer, Oregon, D-U-F-U-R, the headquarters of Azure Standard, the nation's premier independent distributor of organic and healthy food, destroyed by fire. There were no injuries. Cause of the fire is unknown and under investigation. 
The loss of the facility and the impact on company-wide operations was being assessed and was expected to be limited and temporary to certain areas of, of, of foodstuffs that they do. No other Azure standard of facilities were affected. So that obviously kind of got the questions rolling with people. And awesomely, the media monarchy community, I've actually been off air, but the media monarchy community never stops. And they have been on top of this story from the get-go. This is the food world order. James, I had to dig it up and scroll and scroll and scroll. I first found myself talking about the food world order on Corbett Report, April 10th. 2009, and I'll also include all the other references to Food World Order all in CorporateReport.com. Michael Snyder at the Economic Collapse blog then has, after all the investigation started, a list of 16 major fires that have occurred at key food industry facilities in the U.S. just in the last four months, just in 2022. Taylor Farms in Salinas, California, Shears Foods in Hermiston, Oregon, East Conway Beef and Pork in New Hampshire, Rio's Fresh's Onions in the Warehouse in San Juan, Texas, Nestle Frozen Food Plant in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and at least 10 more that we that we know about that have been documented. There have been other sort of smaller issues that, that Economic Collapse Blog says, ah, that is, that those don't really count as to what we're kind of talking about here. But we started with Azure Standard and last mentioned Nestle. So it's obviously not just the organic places. It's it's also the GMO factory pharma foods from Nestle, too. But James, is that just so it looks convincing? He said conspiratorially. Meanwhile, I think this is part and parcel of the whole thing, James. Some of the other most popular chest feeders of Malthusian eugenics, they are... You got to give it to them, man. They stay on brand. Trudeau government targets grain growers as worst emissions offenders with a link to their document, reducing emissions arising from the application of fertilizer in Canada's agriculture sector. But I mean, do you saw super cool hero that wants to give us all the brain chip? Do you see how he really stuck it to that awful tiny limp villain on the free speech platform he bought. It's James, it's almost as believable as pro wrestling. World's richest man buys free speech for $44 billion. Yeah, Elon Brainchip didn't like how Twitter moderates speech, so he bought it. And the other, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do with that information. That's the quote from Bill Gates. He's just joking about tracking people with vaccines. I actually made both of those archive.is entries a little surprising to me. And back in the Pacific Northwest, Portland Food Festival Feast canceled for the third straight year. So just little extra nuggets of coverage since since we've been off for a couple of weeks. But really, James, I think it all wraps up like this. What they didn't blow up with 9-11, they are finishing off with COVID. James? There is an absolute continuity there, is there not? And you make an excellent point that, uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious at this point. We don't have to scream from the rafters and point at everything as it comes up. No, it's it's there. You, you'd you have to be blind not to, to miss it. So, yes, this is definitely a phenomenon that's happening. And as always, I think we'll give the hat tip to Ice Age Farmer, who's been talking about these types of incidents um, for a while now and documenting them on his videos. In fact, if you go to iceagefarmer.com slash fire, you can find the Ice Age Farmer food supply incident map, where he has the, the Google map thing with all the points of all the different places where this has been reported in just uh, presumably the last year or two. And there's a lot of points on that map already. And uh, I, I don't think it's even got the, the latest um, points on there. So 
there's a lot to this story. But I think perhaps, um, yeah, the nature of our work is is changing in a way. And the resistance isn't like, a, I don't believe that's happening. Now it's more like, a, I don't believe that's why it's happening. And I think some of the resistance that uh, people out there trying to spread truth about the conspiracies that do exist um, encounter from their friends and family and neighbors, um, at this point, maybe more related to that phenomenon why, whereby people don't like spoilers about a movie they haven't seen yet. What? Darth Vader is Luke's father? Ah, you ruined the movie for me. Or, uh, you know, you don't, you don't, when you're reading a mystery novel, you don't turn to the last chapter and read this, you know, this is the solution to the problem. And then you go and read the book. No, of course not, because people don't like the spoiler. Well, I'm here to give the spoiler for all of this chaos and nonsense that's erupting right now, there is a plan, a concerted effort to create a technocratic control grid for the neo-feudal slave state in which you will be completely digitally controlled in every manner by your government, whatever government in whatever region of the globe you happen to live on, um, it will be against you. And so once we know that that's the end goal, and we know that 2030 seems like a really important year, so that would imply that the 2020s are a, a decade of transformation. Um, and if you know that, then everything makes sense. The food crisis, the engineered food crisis that is clearly being ginned up at the moment, along with the wars, the geopolitical wars and conflicts that are now being ginned up and put in place for a potential World War III scenario, the economic collapse and coming CBDC, it all makes sense if you only have that final piece of information at the end and everyone's living under the control of a completely top-down technocratic digital slave state. If that's the goal, all of these points make total sense and we know exactly where it's heading. And we also know how to get off of that train and to say, no, I don't think I'm going to go along with that. That That's it. That's the missing piece of this puzzle. It's just because people, a lot of people don't have or don't want to look at that last chapter of this mystery novel that they're uh, they're confused. Oh, it's just a bunch of stuff that's just happening randomly. Right. <laughs> that's, I believe Homer Simpson says that at some point when someone's trying to convince him of something. It's like, ah, it's just a bunch of stuff that happened. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. James, you mentioned, of course, the Star War, and I just saw earlier today the actor and cue card reader who plays Luke Skywalker. He got his whatever number booster and is super proud about it. Yay. Um, I did see one of the last food plants on the economic collapse blog list says that the ATF is it was investigating. That's the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Like So there's, again, this, this is obviously growing and building. Is the ATF being involved a good thing? I doubt it, but that's just another piece of the cake, James. Whew, that is episode 482 of New World Next Week. I will tell folks I've been off the air, actually, for the last two weeks. Been doing some interviews in the meantime. And the person I referred to earlier is talking about, hey, we don't have to yell about this stuff anymore. I got to hang out with her buddy Richard Grove for a couple of hours on episode 77 of Grand Theft World. Do your own research. And it was, they started out my, my, my slot by playing a clip of Rich and I talking in 2009 about these crazy ideas about economic collapse and having the chip and the card and you'll all, yeah, that's uh, pr pretty, pretty much nailed it. So that was a very good talk. A couple hours actually hanging out with the awesome Grand Theft World guys. 
Uh, I've also got one on Liberty Radio that was just published, and that's actually from the Grand Theft World universe as well. Uh, other deprogramming notes, of course, we still have NewWorldNextWeek.com. That is the store for both of our separate and together ventures. Corporate Report documentaries on DVD. Physical media that they can't just delete and kick off platforms. It's a lot harder to hide and get rid of a bunch of, again, that's why I like physical media. It's a lot harder to get rid of. Also has Media Monarchy's new digital, new time radio play, Octopus. That's about Danny Casolaro. That includes, which I don't think I've maybe hammered enough here, James. It also includes with the purchase four gigs of supplemental audio, video, PDFs. You and I's work on the octopus for, uh, you know, decade plus. We've also got organic Made in America shirts from the both of us. And I'll be back on air next week with 40 more hours of news, music, memes, and more at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen, James. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Till then, I guess I'll see you again next week. Thanks for the three stories. All right, buddy. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>